Hey everybody, good afternoon to you. It is Thursday, August 17th at 1.35 p.m. Um, I thought I'd strike why the iron's hot. When we actually had Purdue things happening like live, I wouldn't wait two weeks to actually talk about them. And so that's why I'm uh, sending out a quick cast today. Uh, before I get into the things I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about Purdue's final game in Europe, which I got to watch uh, on YouTube on uh, whatever you want, tape delay. I know it sounds old fashioned, uh, but uh, talk about that and then talk about the Big Ten Network's look at Purdue football camp, which aired yesterday if you missed it. We'll talk about both those things. But there's actually some stuff to talk about live, which is cool. So um, before I do it, let me thank uh, Home Field. Home Field, the uh, manufacturer of the sweatshirt I'm wearing, as you can see, boldly in black and gold, which is ironic. Uh, their owner, if you don't know anything about them, is an IU grad, an IU alum, but it's an indie-based company. Um, and obviously, he has a um, subconscious love for Purdue. You can tell by the black and gold. Thanks to them for sponsoring us. Go to homefieldapparel.com, enter Boiled23 at checkout, get 15% off. It's a great deal. They have great gear. Really, really great gear. Um, so uh, then, of course, the other uh, sponsor that will start during football season, but we're, we're giving them shout-outs because we like them so much, is, of course, AJ's on Vine. When you're on campus, head over to AJ's on Vine. Before you go there, go to eataj's.com. Uh, order something ahead, then it'll be ready. It'll be piping hot when you sit down. Uh, I prefer a booth. I'm a booth man. They feel cozy. So go over there, see Adam and company, and uh, uh, get something delicious. Get a uh, beer. On, they got tons of beers on, on uh, draft. Great place to go. Great place to hang out. Great place to watch a game. EatAJs.com. Uh, so Thank you for tuning in. I've got a couple live already. It's an unusual time. I'm not during the lunch hour, so I can't really help Greg McManus um, enjoy his lunch or uh, get away from work, but uh, I apologize. Jay made fun of me um, <clears throat> after when he was watching the last quick cast, um, and he said, I missed an opportunity not saying Purdue conquers Europe. Um, good, good suggestion by Jay Money. Um, but I would say get your own quick cast if, if you, you know, really want to tell me what to do because I, I kind of run this thing. Um, but that would have been nice. Uh, today I thought I'd uh, capitalize on the fact that Purdue played Burger King, uh, BK uh, Bruno Mars, BK, BK Bruno, whatever. Um, that's, those, none of those are real. But BK Bruno uh, is a, uh, I think, a Czech team, I believe. I, I'm not positive, but I think that's true. I heard out, uh, you know, Golden Black told me a little bit. I told you I've been in the dark. I've been grasping at straws, walking around, trying to figure out some details on the European trip. My friends at Golden Black have helped me by uh, talking a little bit about uh, different things. Uh, one of them they told me is there were four American players on BK Bruno that, that weren't playing. BK Bruno, BK Bruno, B, I don't know, BK Bruno. Um, that weren't on the team, Americans. That So they were shorthanded. But I, I, I talked about Purdue being shorthanded, but Purdue was actually more shorthanded than we thought. I found that out when watching the tape of the game, the recording of the game. Purdue was down Cam, Cam Heidi. They were down uh, Miles Colvin. They were down, of course, Ethan Morton and Zach Eady. So Purdue had seven players available. Uh, that's, a, that's a difficult situation, especially against a better team. BK Bruno looked like a better team. And I wanted to talk a little bit about what I saw in that game and why it was special. Of course, I, I saw uh, Trey Kaufman-Wren was a big deal. Um, he had 
24 points, 16 boards, I believe, um, in that game. That's a, that's a huge deal. Um, I want to talk a little bit about what I see in Trey Goffman-Wren a little bit. I talked about it last QuickCast, talked a little bit more. Um, his ability to fight through contact, his ability to finish around the rim with contact, especially against these big guys, is noteworthy. He showed it last year during the season. He continues to show it this summer in Europe. Um, I think that is something that uh, it's a ton of fun to watch. A guy just kind of flexes mu- muscle literally um, and uh, figuratively as he um, he's going to have to play through contact. We know that in the Big Ten. One interesting or maybe not interesting to you guys because you know more about basketball than me, uh, but what observation I had about the European game. It's a lot like Big Ten basketball in a couple ways. One, it's like Big Ten basketball because the amount of contact they allow, especially away from the the ball, is absurd. Um, Often during Big Ten games last year, you may have said, what the hell are these refs doing? They've swallowed their whistles. It's going to get out of hand, that sort of thing. Sometimes it does get out of of hand. I think generally Big Ten competition, uh, Big Ten teams are used to contact. When they get to the tournament, they have to play a more free-flowing game. There's some difficulties that come with that, as we've seen from our beloved Boilers and others. Um, But in Europe, if if, if, if the foul isn't on the ball, it seems like they are going to allow these guys to do about whatever they want. Um, I saw screens where it was just flat out guys knocking uh, the other player down with their hands extended. Uh, that were no whistles. Um, Smith specifically, Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer, obviously this is a recurring theme. These guys are still not the biggest dudes in the world. They're not the heaviest guys in the world. And they pay a price. <laughs> they pay a physical price when... Teams are beating up on Purdue. Um, no different in Europe for Braden Smith. Braden Smith so many times was driving and just was like a yard sale, right? Arms and legs going all directions as he just got beaten up. And, I, and I'm convinced at one point he was playing really well, really taking at BK Berno, um, and, uh, and they said, okay, stop him. However that is, get physical, knock him down. The next time down, next drive, they just absolutely destroyed him physically. He pops up every time. But that's a hard thing to ask a guy to keep doing that over and over. Of course, he will have to do it again this basketball season when Purdue gets into real Big Ten play. So maybe this trip to Europe was good for a couple of reasons. The other thing I noticed is, so European game obviously is predicated, the offense is predicated heavily on um, picking and rolling and then a lot of back screens. Purdue struggled mightily in the first half versus BK Bruno. They could not stop um, the, the backdoor plays. Uh, they just, they were alley-ooped to death. Um, they needed to adjust. They did eventually. But there's a lot of back screens happening. And the, na- the measure of those back screens, the nature of them, the way they run those screens in Europe is different than America because their feet are never set. They are sliding into those, which we became used to during the Big Ten season. That is not good basketball. It's not good modern basketball. It's not even good NBA basketball. Um, it's it's not real basketball, in my opinion, because then it becomes kind of a, a derivation, a, a combination of football and basketball, where you have blockers, not screeners. And um, I saw that over and over. Purdue had a hard time adjusting to Purdue's defensive intensity. Also wasn't up to snuff to start that game. Purdue was struggling on the scoreboard, and they eventually fought back. 
if you know anything about that game, if you watched that game, you saw Purdue get up to a 17-point lead in the second half. Really, really got in control of it before the, the lead shrunk down to 10, and then they kept it at right around 10 points for the rest of the game, 10 to 13-point lead. Uh, for the rest of that half. But they, they showed a lot in that game. They showed uh, some poise. Uh, they fought through a different style of play. But uh, the funny thing is, I think Matt Painter would be an incredible international coach. Like, if, if he became Team USA's, like, full-time coach, uh, like Shashevsky did for a little while, he'd be perfect. He'd be perfect for it because he teaches defense. He teaches guys to play physical. He teaches them to fight through picks and screens and um, – that was just one observation I had. The other thing I wanted to talk about on top of BK Bruno, because like I said, the iron was hot. I wanted to talk about something that was actually happening was the Big Ten Network's coverage of Purdue football camp. Lots of thoughts to come away from here. The one big one that I talked or that I took away watching uh, Revson, Donardo, and Griffin talk about Purdue. And that was the same thing that Golden Black talked about a week ago, and that is they don't really understand exactly what Purdue is yet. They they had a lot of thoughts on individuals and the past for guys like Harrell and Walters, but they really don't understand exactly what Purdue will be in this new era because it's so different. Like I, I wanted to do this real quickly based on that show alone. I wanted to give you one word descriptions of a couple people that they mentioned, kind of a summation. If you didn't get to watch that Big Ten Network show, here's what I got for you. First one they called Brom Intense, and they compared and contrast that with Walters. Walter, if you, they showed they showed some high, uh, highlights of him running his practice, dancing, having a good time, kind of playing around with the guys. Um, it's a very, very different um, uh, way of running a practice. It's a different mood. Things are very different. He's obviously a younger guy, and I'm not saying this is an indictment on anybody, um, what Brom did, his intensity, I think, is why Purdue was so intense. Purdue was disliked. Maybe you don't know this because you're in a Purdue circle. Purdue was heavily disliked outside of the circles of Purdue because Purdue players jawed all the time when Brom was there, and they were always uh, playing with a chip on their shoulder. I like that. I think Walters has a bit about that, but I think it's going to be different. It's going to be different. Uh, Purdue's overall mentality as a team is going to change a bit. But Brahms' intensity showed in those teams. Let's see how this translates onto the field. Uh, I think it's going to be different. But I'll have you'll, you, you can draw your own conclusions about what we see before the season right now because this might be the last quick cast before we actually uh, have you know real live game. Uh, I'll see. See, I'll react to the situation. But so, so we had Brahm was intense. Walters was likable. Harrell, exciting. Uh, Maccabee, underrated. Card, talented or impressive. And then the schedule, daunting. That's a pretty good summation of the entire show, but I'll dig in a little bit deeper about what I saw. One of the big things, one of the overriding themes that you heard Big Ten Network guys say, whether it was Revson, Donardo, or Griffin, all of them are extremely impressed with Hudson Card's ability to throw accurate balls, his touch, um, his poise, and if you watch one of the highlights specifically, his feet are incredibly impressive. He is shifty with his hips. He is extremely fast. He doesn't run like a quarterback when he gets outside the pocket. Um, and that matters. That's going to matter. I would hope that Purdue does their best to only use the runs when they really need to. But I do think cold runs are going to matter. Keep teams honest. We haven't really seen that in a couple of years 
for a Purdue offense and for a while, honestly, uh, a, a true threat to break open a, a, a play. I, maybe you have to go back to Marv when I really think about it, uh, a quarterback that could really scramble and was really fast in the open field. It's been a while. I mean, Blau was kind of uh, decent at, at keeping a play alive, but he still wasn't blazingly fast. Obviously, Sendelar and, um, and O'Connell, uh, not not a burner at all. Um, so so that's one thing that I took away. They're, they were they are very impressed with Card and his ability to play and make plays. They called it the best one they had seen of the eleven teams they had seen so far. Take that for something. It's practice, but it still matters. Uh, next, the offensive line, as we talked about the other day, is a concern for them. They they see that uh, depth is a problem. There are so many new guys. That's an issue. But offensive line uh, development and how these guys gel is going to be a big deal because that's going to make a difference on how Purdue runs the ball, how effectively they pass the ball, obviously. Play calling will be faster, meaning, uh, remember Purdue, you had a problem. Getting plays in was a problem sometimes. The check with me type offense was something that Brom did. You won't see that anymore, I don't think, very often, where Purdue will step up, look over, and await the signal from up top. Um, we won't see that. Purdue will try to call snaps quicker. The quarterback will try to get the ball out of his hands quicker. And I think you'll have more reads from the line of scrimmage and in turn um, actual audibles, I believe, than we've had the last five years under Jeff Brom and his, and his brother. The running game success uh, is going to be predict, uh, predicated by play calling, though. Purdue has a ton of running backs in the stable that are talented, uh, Maccabi, of course, cannot be discounted, um, his importance to this offense. But Purdue's offensive line growth and the, their ability to come into a game ready is, is a big question mark. I'm not calling any of those guys out because I think they're great, but play calling is going to really, really matter. So Harrell's ability to, to call a game is going gonna, is gonna to be tested right away. Um, one thing I thought was really interesting or noteworthy was Kane, the defensive coordinator, talking about uh, the size of players and how much that's going to matter for this team. One thing you see is Purdue has recruited, whether through the transfer portal or in recruiting, bigger, longer guys. So the front is going to have much longer arms. I think they want to knock down the ball a lot. They want to cover a lot of space. But Kane has talked about it multiple times how important having bigger guys is in the Big Ten. I think we're going to see that right away. And if you look at some of the guys that have Verbal to Purdue, because there's nothing signed yet. Length in that front four is really, really important. The ability for these guys to shed blockers, use those long arms, and then get their hands up to knock down passes and then make tackles if the guy's outside their body is going to matter. Um, the Auburn transfer from France, I believe, originally. Uh, boy, I can't remember his name. It's an unusual name, Mabau. No, not that's, that's on the offensive side. Sorry, my notes don't talk about it. He's a specific example of that. The Penn State transfer from a year ago, can't remember his name either. You guys know this if you tune in. This is uh, part of the problem with, with having me as your quick cast host. You got to go research afterwards. It's almost like going to church and then having to go read a little bit afterwards to really get more out of it. I apologize. I wish I could tell you this was a bit. It's not. Um, finally, um, I talked about uh, Skarton being one of the guys that's going to capitalize most from... Walter's becoming the head coach and the new systems that are in place. A guy that I forgot about specifically because he was interviewed was Cam Allen. 
Cam Allen didn't have the greatest year last year. I think Cam Allen struggled with with injury a little bit. Um, but I think that's another guy who may have been given a new lease on life, who, because he's a ball-hawking type player, he's not the greatest tackler in the open field, but he loves to uh, really go after the interception. Cam Allen could feast this year. And so that's another guy that if you want to look at a Purdue veteran, a name you know, that could have a new lease on life, that actually could be um, have a special type of season, uh, I would keep an eye on Cam Allen. That's just my opinion. Another just opinion thing. So that's about all I had. I uh, Let's see. I think that's all my notes have at this point. If you could see how chaotic these things are. I mean, I'll give you a, I'm not going to do that. My handwriting's rough, especially when I do things quickly. So let me look at the comments. Not as many people on today, but the people that are here are high-quality people, and that's what matters. Um, sadly, it uh, doesn't look like Dick Stillwagon is here. Um, so that's a big loss to all of us. Uh, Chris Harder, my pal, is uh, here. Perfect for a rainy day Thursday. It looks like it's about to open up. It's going to pour. So get cozy. Enjoy this quick cast, Chris. I hope you're in a blankie, maybe sipping on a bourbon. Um, that doesn't sound too awful if, if work. I, I think you, with your schedule, you might be. You might be. Maybe, maybe who knows, a child in an arm and a bourbon. Uh, I'm not going to encourage that. That's not the right thing to say. Anyway, Andy Day says, nice branded shirt. Be down. Uh, thank you, Andy. Uh, this is... Uh, it's very cozy. It's very comfortable. Um, I don't know if you'll go for this if you're a Purdue guy, but the golden black, it, it, it grabbed my heart, grabbed my attention, and it's nice to have a little bit of a, a billboard for our sponsor. Midwest Toker says, good day, Mr. Dowd. Same to you, uh, Ted Berkey. Good afternoon. Midwest Toker, uh, TKR kicking butt on the trip. Yeah, he did a great job um, uh, every game. He probably was the – he and Smith – we're probably the two most consistent players when you really break it down game to game. Those guys were bringing it every time. Uh, really, really solid effort for both of them. Um, and I think it's fair to have expectations that are high for both those guys. Even in limited minutes or minutes that are less than a guy of his caliber, I think Kaufman Wren's going to make big impact. Uh, Smith is going to play a ton, but Kaufman Wren is going to be very, very important and a very big a good changeup with his ability to shoot the three when he comes in in uh, when he spells Edie. Um, Ed Albany is great co- question. Why does Painter not ever change, uh, and why is he not willing to play zone? Watch the Europe Purdue games, and he's not impressed. Not that impressed. Okay, so this to me this is an old problem. It's something that exists for a long time. Matt Painter has talked about this for well past a decade. That he used to say that, well, Bobby Knight didn't play the zone. Painter said that. Bobby Knight didn't play zone. So I'm going to stick to my guns. I don't understand the argument, number one. The comparison of a guy who won three national titles, that's that's a bit much for me. Uh, But I think his whole point was people didn't question him either. With Purdue's woes and the issues, especially in March, and specifically not being able to shut down uh, certain situations, the zone in modern college basketball, just being able to use it in short uh, stints makes a lot of sense to me, too. Painter is a dyed-in-the-wool, man-to-man defensive guy. Um, whether or not... So, not being impressed by Painter in Europe, I, I, you can say whatever you want. Painter lets guys play. So, if you're somebody who likes to see players actually solve problems yourself, that's a, you may love that. But this is, this is Painter. Painter is what he is. I didn't expect surprises. 
I still don't expect surprises next year. The biggest surprise would be Purdue kind of getting back to where they were, what, seven years ago, six years ago? No, less than that. When they were playing better than their seed in the tournament. The problem is now Purdue is not a four, five, six seed. Purdue is going to be a one through three seed if the season goes according to plan. So playing better than seed or up to seed means you get to the final four. And this is the rub with high expectations. It's something Purdue's got to deal with. It's something Painter's got to deal with. Regardless if it's zone or something else, got to perform uh, when, the, when everything's on the line. Um, so um, let's see. Aaron, how oh, good. Uh, yeah, I don't know what that means. Anyway, I'm going um, gonna, I'm gonna to let that be the end of the show. Uh, thanks for tuning in live. Uh, not a ton of you, but I do appreciate those who are doing it. I'm glad that you are able to break away from work. I'm sure all of you are very busy. Uh, those of you who are listening to on delay or recorded, appreciate you as well. I have no idea why we had well over 2,000 views of the last video, but I appreciate everybody did it. Pass it on to your friends. Tell them all about it. Uh, my brother-in-law said, other than you, of course, are there any good Purdue blogs or podcasts, whatever, podcasts out there. Sure, there are tons of them. There really are. I mean, there's a lot of good ones out there. Um, but if you came for the best one, if you're looking for the best one, you know where it is. It's right here every time. Um, check us out on Twitter. Smash that like button. All the things that you're supposed to say when you're an influencer like me. Influencing. Goodness gracious. All right, I am at 21 minutes. Thanks for tuning in. God bless you. Hammer down. Have a great day. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. See you.